Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and happy October. That's what we're dealing with right now. Happy October. I hope, I really hope that wherever you are, the October brings fall weather. Here in Texas, it is it is up for grabs as whether we're going to get fall towards the end of this month or not. You never know. You guys, we had an exciting weekend over here at the Happy Hour, and there were about 150 of you that were with us this weekend. We had our holiday gift guide live which honestly, I hate to say it's one of my favorites because it means a lot of things are not my favorite, but it is truly one of our entire team's favorite nights uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we get to gather with people, which is so fun. And we have all missed gathering um, in certain capacities since um, early 2020. And so that's exciting. But it's also super exciting because the reason the holiday gift got started was because I wanted to showcase small businesses. I wanted to say, hey, y'all, it's the holidays. Let's not shop just from big box companies, which don't get me wrong, you can, I do. But also let's be intentional with where we spend our money. And so we've been doing the gift guide uh, for years and years and years. And last year was our first live one. And we did it again yesterday. So you might be feeling bad right now because you're like, Jamie, why are you telling me all about this? Because I didn't get to go. But I do want you to remember to listen to the show and watch the video. We are going to let you know all of that information on November 18th. Also, it feels like a long ways away, but you know what, guys? It'll be here before you know it. Before we get to uh, my amazing, awesome guest, Shannon Martin, who's on the show today, I want to say happy birthday to a little book of mine maybe my most fun book I've ever written. It's because it's for kids and just everything for kids is fun. I released God Made You to Be You two years ago. So happy second birthday to God Made You to Be You. I cannot even believe it that this sweet little book is touching so many people's lives. I love it so much. It's about a cactus named Sammy who really has his friends rally around him. Um, And if you are thinking Christmas gifts, you guys, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. This is a great Christmas gift for those that you love. So happy birthday to God made you to be you. I hope that so many of your kids have read it and adored it and loved that little sweet cactus named Sammy who really gets a great message from his friends that God made him just the way he was supposed to be. So if you're looking for a good gift, go check out God Made You To Be You wherever you buy books. If you want to get it from my store, we have matching shirts that go with it. We have the cutest pillows that go with it. You can find all that at jamieivy.com slash store. Okay, enough about Christmas gifts, enough about holiday gift guide. Happy birthday to the book. But I want to say today is a really sweet show. My sweet friend Shannon Martin came into Austin and we had a really great conversation, a conversation that was dear to me because she feels like 
well, she is a friend. And so it feels like I'm just sitting down chatting with a friend and you get to listen in. Shannon has a book that's coming out really soon called Start With Hello and Other Simple Ways to Live as Neighbors. And I told Shannon this when we interviewed and I want to tell you now is that Shannon is the perfect person to write this book because she lives this message. She connects with her neighbors even when it feels difficult. She connects with her neighbors even when it feels scary. She connects with her neighbors even when she feels tired. And so in this book and on this conversation today, we talk about practical and compelling ways uh, to live more open-hearted as an empathetic neighbor who sees past what might potentially divide us help us look for common ground and Shannon and I have a conversation today that I know I really do know deep inside me that you're going to be encouraged by so happy birthday God made you to be you you guys oh my gosh I need to come in real quick before Shannon comes on here and say that when I recorded that intro I think I lost my mind you know how if you have a bunch of kids you forget how old they are people like how old's your kid you're like I don't know okay listen my book, God Made You to Be You, which I love so much. And you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on my store, all the places. I already told you about it. You guys, I lied. The book is not turning two. The book is turning one. How did I feel like this book has been out for two years? This book has been out for one year. So my apologies to the book, as if the book needs an apology. My apologies to you. God Made You to Be You. Happy first birthday. And welcome to the show, my friend, Shannon Martin. Shannon, welcome back to the happy hour. Hello. It's so good to be back. It's so good to be back. Now, I don't expect you to remember this, but mm-hmm. I feel like you've only been on the show twice. Like, I, that's true. Okay. And, and it was a long time ago. It was my first book. Forever ago. So the first time you're on the happy hour, get this. Try to imagine what was going on in your personal life in the world in June yeah. of 2015. That's when it was? Yes. Wow. I mean, we had little children. Yeah, we did. Yeah. You we're didn't have any grandbabies. No. <laughs> no. The world felt different. Yeah. And I probably had a house full of people. Like our oldest might have been living with us around that time, Robert. Maybe. I don't know if we talked about Robert the very yeah. first time you came on. Yeah. It you, feels like it could have been in that range. I know. It feels like so long ago. You came on again. I used to do those happy half yes. hour things. And um, you were on that in September of 2016. Okay. Which is also crazy to wow. think about. Oh. I know. And here we are. So welcome back. I'm glad Thank you came you. to Austin for the very first time. Yep. Welcome to my city. I, yep. I love my city. It's kind of crazy. It's big and all the things, yeah. but welcome to the city. It's I. It's my first time here, and I am I'm so excited it's to so be in great. Austin. So yeah. great. So hot, but it's so hot. <laughs> We're recording this, like, I don't know, the middle of September, and it's still so very yeah. hot. Yeah. I went to the football game this last weekend, and it's a 7 o'clock game, so you get, I got there like 530 to tailgate. And I'm sweating. And I'm like, it's 530 in the afternoon. When is it going to be cooler? (laughs) When does Austin get the memo? When does Austin get the memo to start like Um, chilling We'll get some chillness at the end of October, November. But I mean, I say there are so many Christmases that we have pictures of being outside in shorts and a sweatshirt. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's never really, except, you know, we had our big freeze last year where the whole city shut down. Right. Um, So... It doesn't get very cold here. Now you, on the other hand, get really cold weather. Yeah, yeah. We So we are in Goshen, Indiana, which is right up on the Michigan line. Uh-huh. So very close to Michigan, a stone's throw. Okay. And we're, we're east of Lake Michigan off of Chicago. So we get lake effect oh. air and lake effect snow. It's a whole thing. But yeah, it gets bitterly cold. I mean, there are places, like bitterly to me, Canadians are like, Please. Please. Exactly. Cry me a river. There's Canadians. I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> y'all are built they're for different. something yeah, they're, different. Yeah, they're different. 
they're built for different things but yeah it gets cold we get we get like true winter that drags on forever sometimes do you feel like you feel sadder in the winter is that because you know you heard uh, about that yeah like what yeah is that like called? the the seasonal affective yes or i don't know something right no but something. it is like seasonal depression like, even or yeah anxiety, all kinds of things yeah, yeah. um it I think there's something to it when not so much just that it's cold, although that gets just old, that gets old. But when we get like we've I know there have been it's it's normal for us to have like 30 days where the sun didn't shine in a row. Oh, gosh. And that's when it's like and and you feel like you're not doing the best mentally or emotionally. And then you hear somebody on the news say today is the 29th day where the sun hasn't come out and you're like oh yeah that's why i knew that my body knew that my body knew there was no sun oh that is so hard yeah well i'm glad you're here there's plenty of sun here in austin plenty of stuff here (laughs) in austin um okay so we're here to chat you have a brand new book start with Mm -hmm. hello and other simple ways to live as neighbors comes out in a couple weeks uh Mm -hmm. and i remember when i saw this book come through my inbox and then here and i literally thought to myself and i know i'm not going to be the only person to say this to you you're the perfect book you're the perfect author to write this book oh jamie thank you i literally thought this is because you live this life and i think so many times people write books about things that we should all be doing but yet it's not a part of their rhythm yeah we can all be guilty of that because we're all smart people like we all know right a lot of stuff you put in here it's not no-brainer I mean, you know what I mean? I'm not saying yeah. that you're not writing good stuff. No, no, no. I No, it's it's basic. But yeah. you live it is why yeah. I'm saying you are the person to write this book. Yeah. Thanks. I hope that encourages you and as people read it. It that, does. That they should be doing this. It, okay. It means a lot. Okay. So if longtime listeners were around in June of 2015, <laughs> they heard your whole story about yeah. how you and Corey kind of upended your life yep. um, and kind of changed an entire direction. Of, yeah. I mean, you didn't change. You changed everything. Yeah. And so yeah. can you give us a quick recap about what yeah, led you sure. to your neighborhood? Yeah. So about roughly 10, 11 years ago, my family at the time, it was Corey and myself and we had three little tiny kids like preschool up to like kindergarten first grade age and we we surprised ourselves quite honestly like when you said you changed everything we did but accidentally Mm. like it wasn't like this master plan that we came up with but but one thing led to another and one change led to another change and we ended up selling what we thought was like our dream farmhouse out in the country where we thought we would raise those babies and live mostly forever um we sold that because we just really we really felt like um like god was calling us to to lay that down Mm -hmm. we didn't quite understand why it confused a lot of people um including us at times and we moved to our neighborhood where we still are we've been there for about 10 years now in goshen indiana so we didn't move far geographically but in every other sense it was like a a very different experience um and then we adopted our oldest robert who at the time was 19 he's 28 now um but he all of our kids came to us through adoption Mm -hmm. so you know he was way out of birth order (laughs) he was like our big surprise baby yeah um and my husband then transitioned out of work in federal politics into jail ministry. I mean, it was just like, and on and on we go. You know, like our life just went through a tremendous amount of change in a relatively compressed amount of time. And and we're still we're still there. We're still same learning. house, same everything. Same house, same everything. Yeah, we are. We're just really committed to the place where we landed um and i've learned not to say you know i will never leave because i said that <laughs> once one before. time I was very wrong. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, we're committed as long as long as we're where we are, and I hope it's for a very long time. We're just we're really trying to live committed and really in love with that place. Yeah. And were you in politics in a lifetime ago as well? I would have been at that point probably coming out of that. We lived in Washington D.C. for a time, and so we both did do work in federal politics. I think at that point. I was kind of coming out of that and just yeah. mostly in like stay at home mom yeah. blogging uh-huh that kind of that kind of life but finding. yeah I did I did similar work we both kind of came out of that finding your voice in that yeah. way yeah you know yet this I thought about you cuz I knew I was talking to you today and yesterday at church our pastor was we're going through the book of Nehemiah yeah which is fun for me because I've never really studied the book of Nehemiah yeah, so it's like cool. awesome yay um but one of the things that he was talking about was about how so often as Christians, we think that we need have these ginormous things we need to do. Yeah. And although a lot of people be like, okay, Jamie, you're an author, Shannon's an author, I, I want to dial back a little bit. And yes. yes, you're an author, yep. but you live life in your community with your people. You know, like you are really living where you are. And one yeah. of the things he talked about is so many times people think being faithful to what God's called on your life looks ginormous. Yeah. It looks big. And... I thought about you because yeah, I was like, yeah. Shannon is faithfully being the hands and feet of Jesus exactly where God put her. Yeah, You do that faithfully. Do you ever struggle with feeling like, is this all I'm supposed to be doing? Is this it? Yes. I mean, absolutely. and I, and I, and I want to ask you that in a yeah. way of like, not like I'm like putting you on the spot, but like no. everyone is wondering, is this where I'm supposed to be? 100%. Okay. No, I love the question. I, I think that's the the question, some of the questions that I kind of, that led to me writing books, honestly, was was this idea of like, okay, cool, God, like, now we live in a different place, our life looks different, but what am I called to do? Right. What, a, what, what do I do? And I think church culture puts those questions in us, and it's not a bad thing, but I had to really contend with um, that maybe doing a thing was was not the point mm. and that maybe that that everyday ordinary faithfulness and commitment to my place was the bigger point and that's where i came to see and i really stand by this if if we are a christian our calling is to live as a neighbor mm. that's that's like our you know love god with all your heart soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself yeah. i grew up hearing that a million times and hoping that maybe not hating my neighbor counted as loving my neighbor. And and once I ended up in a in a neighborhood with people all around me, people very different from me in a lot of ways around me, I had to really figure some things out. Yeah. And and why does God care so much about this? So I think yes. I think we always are going to come in and out of like, okay, but yeah. is this it? But yeah. is this it? And you know, it's interesting because I'm 46 now. So I'm like on that tipping point where I'm even this morning, I was like, what will I be doing in 10 years? Yeah. I mean, we just keep growing and changing. Yep. But my calling to live as a neighbor, regardless of what I'm doing on the side, yeah. I guess, or you know how I'm living my life, it, that's going to remain my calling wherever I am. I love it. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. 
If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Okay, so let's talk about neighbor. Tell me how, in this book particularly, as you're yeah. walking us through this, how do you define neighbor? Yeah, I define a neighbor as anybody whose life intersects with ours. Okay. So I use it very broadly. Um, I, but I do think, I do think it also matters. It's kind of like like levels of neighbors. Maybe levels might not quite be the right word, but I think. I think globally, as the body of Christ, we are neighbors mm -hmm. with each other. We belong to each other. Um, but I think it matters to know the people in close proximity with us and to have a connection of some kind with the people to the left and the right yeah. of us. Yeah. And that looks different for everybody. I mean, I think of, 
you know, I don't live in the suburbs. A lot of people do. I used to live in a rural context. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are living in big, huge apartment buildings yep. or dorms or, you know, it's like it could be any number of things. But but to know like five to seven people right in your area, not that you necessarily need to become best friends with them and start going on vacations together. That could be cool. Yeah. But to just know faces and names and come to a place where you can really begin to trust that that they have your back mm. and that you have theirs. Yeah. I just think that's, you know, we we often are kind of tricked into thinking people can be scary or dangerous mm-hmm. or like we want to huddle up yeah. and self-protect. And I really am convinced that living with a little more openness with the people around us is the safest and most secure way to live. I love it. Okay, so I think what's also beautiful about this message is um, you are a self proclaimed introvert I am a self-proclaimed <laughs> hater of small talk uh, like yep. all of these things and so people can think like oh Shannon must like she loves to throw parties and <laughs> right. she loves to be around yes. people and she's filled up Amy Hannah was just on yeah. and she's an extrovert like all the things and y'all are speaking yeah. the same message here yeah. but I think I love hearing it from you because you're like hey this isn't like I don't thrive off of right. massive groups of people right so you say you know start with hello yeah How did this all start for you? For me, it started in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it started with that, with that, that increasing understanding that I wanted to be connected with the people around me. And particularly, I felt I felt drawn to people who might look, live, or believe differently than mm-hmm. I do. Because and you have that in your neighborhood. We which very we much have all that. Do in some way or another. Yep. We've we very much have that in our neighborhood, but I had not really experienced that before. So so prior to this neighborhood, it's not something I thought a lot about because I really didn't need to think about yeah. it. You know, it just wasn't as much on my radar. But once I found myself in this different kind of setting, um, I was really curious. Mm. And I wanted it's like, you know, the push and pull of like I was lonely too, quite yeah. honestly. We moved to a different neighborhood or a new city. I didn't know people. I had little babies, um, you know, all these things. My family is not nearby. I was lonely on a basic human level. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to start figuring things out, but it very much it goes against my character. Mm. And for, for a minute, and I still wrestle with this because sometimes I'm like, I don't know that I'm the best person to be talking about this stuff because it it challenges me. Yeah. It pushes me out of my box. It's uncomfortable for me. And that's why I think we do need like all different kinds of people yeah. talking about this. So I'm constantly pushing, you know, I, I, I'm constantly talking about the fact that I am an introvert and I have to I have to be intentional in a way other people might not need to be. And it, it takes a different part of me to do that work. And I never, ever regret it. I, you're, I, lo- I think that's important. You're saying you never regret it. Yeah. And you take care of yourself as well. I mean, you talked about having days where you're like, I need to introvert out. Yes. Like, I need to fill myself back up because yes. it's too much. Yep. Taking care of yourself. Yeah. You talk early in the book about this idea, this practice of waking up. Yeah. What is that? And explain to us how that was for you. For me, it started when I was walking little tiny kids to school. They they attended. They were all too big now for the little neighborhood elementary school, but they they all attended the the public school. It's a Title One school, which means that most of the kids in the school are living at or below the poverty line. Um, very diverse community, all the things, but it's very close in proximity to our house. And so I started walking my kids to school every day, and I just I, there was you know I would say the Holy Spirit was saying to me, God was saying to me, 
pay attention mm. to this place. Mm. Like you're here now. And I, I was it, at the time in that phase of, of like, what do, what do, why am I here? What should I be doing? Yeah. What's this all about? And consistently what I was, what I was hearing was pay attention. And, and so it's become a really sacred practice for me. And I talk, anybody that follows me on Instagram knows that I talk a lot and I have for a while now. I talk a lot about paying attention to the sky. Yeah. Um, it, I think I it think about matters. you when I see beautiful skies. I love by that. The way. <laughs> I love that. I should take a picture and tag you so you can see it. Yes, please do. Everybody tag me on their skies. I just love seeing them. I really do because there's there's some kind of intangible magic when we can appreciate creation. Mm. When we can really like to me, it is such a connecting point in my faith and with in my faith that often feels confusing yeah. to me if i'm being honest or complicated in certain ways but to be able to to pay attention to the sky as and think of it as like this this beautiful art installation that we get for free every mm-hmm. day yep. no matter where we are uh-huh. noticing that like kind of training myself to pay attention to mm-hmm. these things and just you know finding beauty in my neighborhood which honestly a lot of people would not necessarily find as beautiful but looking at you know the the lack even in my neighborhood or or the complexity and and really being insistent on finding it beautiful over time it just really helped me to love my neighbor mm. better and then when when that happens you find yourself being loved by your neighbor yeah. better and it's just a it's a flow yeah. and it's really beautiful yeah you know one of my favorite things in life to do is to walk in my neighborhood yeah and so we kind of have lived the opposite life of the martin family is yeah we lived for years in an underdeveloped under-resourced neighborhood and now we live out in the country with like five acres yeah um but i love walking and mm. one of the things that makes it the most enjoyable is when i accidentally forget my my airpods right. or something you know yeah. and so i don't have a podcast in because yeah. i'm a i'm a big intaker i have to tell myself to stop you know and yeah. just sit in silence it's really hard for me but when i accidentally forget them and i end up out on my walk and yeah. you have nothing but just the air and the sky yeah. you notice more yeah. and it makes me a little bit more attuned to what's happening yeah. and my neighborhood's way different than yours some of the yeah. houses you can't even see from the road all yeah. those things but there is just this idea of saying i want to notice things and i want to be yeah. better you're an encouragement to me because i want to be better about that and i think that's in all life like yeah am i awake and noticing things yep. at the office Am yes. I awake and noticing things at my kids' lacrosse game? You know, am I yep. noticing people? Because uh, we can get so self-focused. Totally. I mean, I think that's the whole thing is it trained me to really see people mm. and to to begin to understand the value of living what I would call awake and available. Like we are awake to our place and to the people around us, to our neighbors, and we're also living with with a certain amount of availability like ready to be intersecting ready to be um you know to be neighbors together to to help each other out when we can to ask for help when we need it but but that takes it it takes another layer of intention because our lives can become so self-focused so overscheduled and i don't necessarily i'm not a person that's like you know we're too busy i think we're busy with intention and it's Uh usually really good things yeah but it is important to be able to carve out some space to really engage with the people around us because we have so much to learn mm. from the people around us, especially when we think that they might be different from us in some way or that we might be different from them in some way. Those are the relationships. And even sometimes they're just like pretty loose relationships, yeah. kind of these easy connections. But 
when we can be available to that and leaving some space for that, it just it, it splits life open in a different kind of way. All right, let's talk about availability and listening and curiosity. You talk about that a lot in the book yeah. about how to be good listeners yeah. and to come into relationships as a listener yeah. and with curiosity. And I think I don't need to explain to anyone that's listening how the world has been in the past right. two years. It's just been like pretty much placeholder there it yeah, is. <laughs> yeah that's what it is but I feel a lot of tension even within my own self yeah when I forget to be curious and I forget to listen yeah um and I think that is really important in the world yeah. talk about that in as being a neighbor as being in relationship yeah. with people mm-hmm. how better are we at neighboring if we will just listen and be curious yeah well that for me that was such a big part of it and understanding that I had somehow absorbed through my childhood nobody ever said these words to me ever but i had absorbed a message that difference of almost any kind was to be almost feared Mm -hmm. or like i need to keep some distance here yeah um i need to kind of circle the wagons a little bit here and and so to be able to to kind of retrain myself to be curious instead of that knee-jerk fear and even just i think of like people who believe differently that was such a source of fear for most of my life like you know we we gotta we gotta stay the course here and we don't want to you know all these all these kind of anxieties that can bring up in us but when when i landed in a place where i really had proximity with some of that and was able to just sit across a table with somebody Mm -hmm. or sit at the coffee shape coffee shop with someone and and just hear from them i realized it was it it did not need to be something that i feared Mm. it didn't need to be something that was gonna like you know, steal my brain away, and now I've—I don't know how to think about anything. I mean, all the things that I was kind of afraid of. What I really found instead was like, you know, being curious about each other. It, it builds empathy between mm-hmm. us to be able to look at each other at a base level as just human and made in the image of God, and you know, to learn something new. I mean, it was just interesting, and it was really um, energizing and life-giving, and and at the end of the day, to be able to 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 know. We do not have to be afraid of that. We do not have to to keep distance between ourselves in that way. Yeah. You talk in here about blind spots and about mm-hmm. how we all have them, obviously. Yeah. And you even said something here that I always feel too is like, no one said this to me, but this is how I felt. Yes. And yeah. I think that is so much of like what getting older and growing up is kind of untangling no yeah. one said this to me, but this is what I've always believed. Yeah. And untangling those yes. is uncomfortable and difficult. Right. Yep. And you don't want to throw shade at how you grew up, right. but you're just like and, and our kids are going to do the same thing, I'm sure. Right, They're going to be like, for sure. I don't think my mom said this, but this is what she implied. I'll be like, oh, crap. Did I yeah, imply that? Right. You know, but there is this untangling. Yeah. It's maturity. It's growth. Yeah. But then having these blind spots, I think a lot of times, I mean, I'll even speak for myself. I've done a lot of growth in my life in a lot of areas. Yeah. I 100% still have blind spots. Yes. And I'm almost scared to find them. Know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so totally. as people are listening and they're like, how do I know what my blind spot spots yeah. are? How have you journeyed through figuring out where do I have blind spots? I, through listening to people, Listen, number one. It goes back to listening. It goes back to listening and paying attention. And I would say for me, and especially I would say this for, for folks who, you know, a lot of us, in some ways, the way our country was designed is that our communities are pretty segregated. Like, this is this is a reality. And in, in many ways, it was kind of by design. And so for people who are like, okay, cool, diversity, you know, seeking diversity, seeking difference, but but I don't have a lot of that close to me. The good news is 
we have social media and we have a library <laughs> card yep. we have wi-fi we have the like, internet these days we do and those can be powerful tools in and kind of taking up our own education mm -hmm. that's what it takes for me and that's what it still takes for me i had a I had a big old meaty conversation on Instagram just yesterday where I was intentionally saying, I have blind spots in this particular area. I want I want them to be exposed. Like, tell me what I'm mm -hmm. missing here. And asking those questions and being willing to listen. Mm -hmm. um, not even necessarily that I'm going to change your mind or you're going to change my mind, but, but being able to have these conversations in a way that's compassionate and kind and, and committed to you know everyone's dignity and mm -hmm. all of these things but it's it's in in exposing myself intentionally to those kind of different yep. ideas and and different eyes on the world one of my favorite authors hanif abdurakib he says you know we have different eyes on the world and i love that because mm -hmm. it's you know we talk about like putting ourselves in somebody yep. else's shoes but like seeing the world from somebody else's eyes that will that will pull some of our blind spots up to the surface. Yeah. And like you said, Jamie, I know, I, I know, and I'm kind of afraid of, of the other ones that I don't even know yeah. that I have yet. Yep. You know, it's funny is like stepping into this world of being curious and listening and really wanting to engage in life and conversations with people who are different than you, socioeconomic, yeah. skin color, all the religion, all the things. Yep. Um, it takes so much work. Yeah. And I can say, that I, with humility, I've done a lot of work here and I have so many blind spots around um, adoption and racial yeah. uh, yep. stuff. Yep. And I'm someone who like desires yes. to have no blind spots. Yep. And all the time I'm hit smack in the face of like, yes. oh, you, like you said, I don't have the eyes to see yeah. what it's like to be a 17 year old yep. black boy in America. Yep. Even though I have one living in my house, right. I don't look at right. the world through his eyes all the time. That's right. So it is just this like, it's a hum it's a humility journey yeah. of saying, hey, I'm willing. I want that to be an encouragement to the listener. Yeah. It's like you and I are like, okay, we're putting in the work and still still yes. so don't feel discouraged if you're like i didn't know i had this blind spot i'm a terrible person yeah no, you're a human you're a human and and i i write about this and start with hello and i believe it with my whole heart for all of us this is day one for right. some of us yeah this is day one and i've had my own day ones and i'll have more day ones in the future where where all of a sudden something kind of clicks into place or you allow yourself to be a little curious or you find proximity yeah. with somebody that you didn't have before and it's like oh you know that that little thing shifts and suddenly you you want to learn more mm -hmm. you want to you want to see the world from a different vantage point and so it yes it is it is so good if today's your day one and you take these small steps that's the whole book yeah. the whole book is like taking these tiny steps that feel they can feel almost insignificant but they stack up into a life that is rich and connected yeah. and fun and funny and you know like just all the things that we're really looking for yeah um i love the day one thing i mean it's just everyone gets a day one yeah and friends you can have a day one again too like we're you gonna give so you so many day, day ones, ones today totally. yeah yes. we're gonna give you a lot of day ones i love yep. that how about captain crunch's crunch berries with breakfast Whoa, Dad, we're on. Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch.
On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. You know, one of the things that we're talking about listening and curiosity and even that um, proximity, which we talk about a lot on the happy hour, just how proximity changes so many things for people. And I think we're we're well aware that sometimes proximity is not that easy. You know, I don't live in a very um, religious, diverse area. Yeah. So it'd be difficult. But like you've said, we'll say it again. You've got a library card. You've got the Internet. (laughs) You've got social media, all those things. But you quote one of our friends, uh, Latasha Morrison, who's been on the happy hour before, a mutual friend of ours. She talks about three ways that we can be anti-racist. She says, number one, don't deflect racism. If it's coming, don't deflect it. Number two, don't defend it. Yeah. But then she says, don't deny racism. Yeah. And I read that in your book, and I thought, one, two, most people, most yeah. people are going to be like, yes, right. yes. And then you get to number three, yeah. and you said, don't deny racism. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try not to spend the next three hours, you and I, talking about this, <laughs> because we both have black sons, yeah. and this is a value for both of us. But I just want to ask you the most loaded question in the world. <laughs> I can't wait. Why is that third one so hard for most white Americans? Man, I think it just, um, it hits on so much of the the kind of unspoken fear mm. for a lot of us that has been kind of instilled in us, kind of the air we breathe, um, where we want to, number one, we don't want to, we don't want to acknowledge that tension mm. and that pain. Mm-hmm. We don't want to see it in ourselves. I mean, I think that's part of the hard work, even for, for women like us who have adopted transracial or have you know black sons like we do or i've got asian sons as well like it's so hard to understand the necessity of of seeing my own personal work it's so uncomfortable and i think so much of us is has been trained to walk away from discomfort yeah there's part of us that knows that if we acknowledge the reality of racism that requires something deeper from us true, yeah. as individuals mm-hmm. and that that is very humbling um it can be painful mm-hmm. i i know for myself like just looking back every bit of growth is it, you know none of it is wasted right but it's hard to think back to some of the things i've thought and said and done and you know the ways the ways i've grown from that yeah i just i think for me this is just my guess i'm just i'm kind of spitballing on this yeah but i think i think it's hard for us to to not like our impulse can be to deny racism because if we if we make it a thing in the room then we've got to contend with it's a thing in the room and it's going to cost us something yeah and we know that and so it can just be easier to like well you know so yeah, that's my take. I mean, what do you think? I think you're exactly right. And to go back to the quote that you used earlier about seeing the world through different eyes, I think that that requires a lot of, like you just said, it require it would require a lot for us yeah. to admit that something exists that we can't see. Yeah. And I think that maybe not that we can't see, that's not the right word, that maybe we don't experience, yeah. that we don't feel. Or that we've even maybe benefited been a, from. Okay, benefited from or yeah. maybe even been a part of. Yes. Knowingly or unknowingly, yep. all the things. I think it just makes it like where you go, I'd rather just act like this doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, 
I, I can I add a little story to Shannon, that? Shannon, this is your show. You okay. can do whatever you want. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> One of the things that was really special to me in the process of writing Start With Hello was that I I hired one of my actual neighbors, a a young Latino man, to read the whole book mm. and to offer edits. I mean, he you know he wasn't like you missed a comma, right? No copy editing <laughs> no copy, here. No copy. That's a edits. special gift for special people, <laughs> right? But it was it was vulnerable, mm-hmm. and it was um, it was really powerful. And he was able to say to me, you know, going back to our earlier conversation about blind spots, mm-hmm. and those blind spots are often what push us into this place of of denying realities that we haven't experienced but there were a couple a couple things and he said it was so much kindness and gentleness but like hey you might want to think about this the way that you're saying this a little bit differently or you know where i feel like i've been doing all this work Uh like i've learned so much and to it's so important for me to be able to say like i do not have this all together and i honestly never will Mm. because i will remain a white woman in this world Mm -hmm. and and i'm i'm not ashamed of who i am and i don't feel guilty about who i am but it but i do have to continue to do the work and i i owe it to my kids i owe it to your kids i owe it to my neighbors i owe it to myself to to just keep consistently and continually being willing to course correct Mm -hmm. and to apologize and i mean i just i think any opportunity we have to that's how we learn you know that's an example of like learning from my neighbors and and that's where honestly with this whole book i've realized more and more i i'm not writing this book because i feel like i'm the best neighbor in the world i'm always like my neighbors are probably like "Eh." (laughs) like she's medium yeah you know like i'm nothing special yeah I, I've written this book because everything I do know about living as a neighbor, I learned from my neighbors. Yeah. I have been I have been the student and they have been the teacher in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And and it like I said, I mean it it's just laid my life open. Yeah. In that I think way. you're pretty special, Shannon. Thank you, <laughs> ma'am. So welcome. <laughs> well, I think it is too, like just that that um humility to say I don't know it all. If mm-hmm. I have someone on the show, for, for me personally, I want to be told my blind spots by yes, someone. Me too. And that's uncomfortable. It's often embarrassing. Yep. It makes me want to crawl under a couch and never come out. Our cheeks get red. I get very red. My chest we gets might red. Cry. I get a little hot <laughs> and I'm like, huh. Yeah. But I do want to know. And when I have people on the show that we might be thinking, talking about something that I'm not a quote unquote expert in, which I don't know what I'd be an expert in. I don't know. Maybe being a white woman, I have no idea. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but something that's just not my lived experience. Um, I will often say, if I say something wrong, I want you to yep. correct me. I don't want you to feel like, oh, it's her show. The happy hour, Jamie right. Ivy. I can't correct yeah. her. I'm always like, I want to know, as uncomfortable as it might be. Yeah. I want to know. I do too. It hurt. It's hard. It is hard, but that's the necessary work of, of being able to to look inward and self-reflect and, and have the humility to say there is just so much that we that that we have not encountered in life and that we don't know in life and you know i i talk about that that it's over time you know this does not mean that we rush to you know 
a person that we barely know in the world and say, <laughs> please tell me yeah. everything I'm doing wrong. Uh-huh. That's that's that puts the other person in an uncomfortable, Very uncomfortable. position. And, and we shouldn't be looking to people to be instructing us for free, right? particularly people of color. But as we build those relationships it's over relationships, time, yeah. I have a couple of those relationships that I have I have said to them just in the world as people like on social media, if you see me doing something mm. stupid, you know, they love me and they know my intentions are good, but we can still cause harm yeah. in our good intentions. Like intentions and impact don't always fit together in yeah. the way we think they do. So having those relationships to say like, please tell me. Yeah. And it is awkward and uncomfortable, yeah. um, but that's how we grow. It's how we grow. You talk a little bit about that when you, you write about, if we all remember back in 2020, uh, we had COVID, but then we had just one thing after another with, with racial injustice that was not the first time it's been happening for hundreds of years, if you didn't know, friends. Yeah. But everything was just highlighted. The country was shut yeah. down. George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, the list yep. is long. And you you write, when oppression reveals itself, it can be simultaneously soothing and empowering to join the chorus against it, especially when it's as easy as po- posting a black square on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but then you go on to talk about how that was actually harmful in, a supple, in yeah. some ways by some people yeah. who their intentions were not always were always pure and right and just weren't really willing to walk the long road yeah it was an easy post so what does it look like for us um who are not people of color to actually lean in to to activate to activism about systematic injustice Mm -hmm. in our country and i know that's an entire show but if you talk about in the books i really want to put people there but what does that look like for you encouraging people who are like i want to lean in I want yeah. to be a part of this. It's more than a black square. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, and I want to be clear. I I posted the black square. Yeah, you, you did know? that in the book. Yeah, and, and I write about that, like just weighing through. It's not like that that's wrong, right? I, and I just want to clarify that because there are probably people listening who are like, "Oh no, did I do something right. wrong?" Yeah. Um, I think I think it's we owe ourselves whenever possible the benefit of the doubt. You know, I just think so that's good, Shannon. I think that that's we are all on different parts of the journey Mm -hmm. um but i think where where the problem came in listening to my friends of color who were saying you know it was kind of weird and unexpected and it it kind of took on a life of its own in ways that maybe weren't ultimately awesome but it was encouraging for a minute but in the days to come Mm -hmm. we didn't see people taking that long road like you said like that that long haul it's just too easy to put to do something on social media and kind of feel like check off the mm-hmm. box like there we we did a good thing if we if if our intentions are really to to be reeducating ourselves and really meaningfully to be moving the ship towards equity and and all of those things that we want it's got to become a more embodied part of our mm-hmm. lives like embedded into our ordinary lives And I'm going to go back to one simple way, because we're talking about these simple ways that build into bigger things is intentionally following and and reading and buying books and courses and all these things from people of color Mm -hmm. or people from whatever perspective we don't know a lot about or we're trying Mm -hmm. to grow in. Um, And it can't end there either. You know, it's like, but these simple things like we've got to be taking up that work on a regular basis mm-hmm. it cannot be just as simple as you know doing something on social media we've got to we've got to find a way to embody it that's just yeah. what it, that's what i come back to like 
put our bodies to the work in some way. And there, there are a bunch of different ways we can do that. Yeah. But connecting, you know, these issues that we might kind of care about with actual people yeah. and then learning a way, learning how to bring the issue and the people together mm-hmm. in a way where we're not causing more harm um, and where we are able to just to kind of, yeah, make that more of a, a physical yeah. part of our life. Yeah. And I think there's two things that people can feel when and they listen to a conversation like this that we're having. They can either feel like, gosh, I don't have the time, the space, that this is a yeah. lot, and they could feel that. Or they could feel like, I'm doing stuff, but is it enough? Like you just feel yeah. kind of there's that constant t- tension. And I just love to encourage people like you just did. It's just like like little bitty steps add up to really big movement. Yeah. You know, yep. and so the the road feels long, and it is, but you yeah. don't get to the end in one day. It's a continual journey, and totally. I think of like people who are just making really small steps within their families by bringing in books yep. of people of color, mm-hmm. getting a coffee table book that has yep. people of color on it. You know, bringing in dolls and stories written by people of color, or indigenous groups, whatever it might be, Asian Americans that you're yep. trying to expose your family to. I just think there are a lot of small steps that people kind of think, does that really matter? And I'm like, it actually does matter. It, it matters so much. I mean, I, you know, I have, I have a black daughter also, like, and just all my kids, like, I think you'll understand this, Jamie, but representation is huge. It matters. It is huge to our kids and to our neighbors and to, you know, to the world. And that's one of the things I want to encourage people that it's, you know, I have people who will DM me and say, I'm not like going on instagram with my megaphone that's one of my favorite emojis the (laughs) The megaphone megaphone, because i'm always like um i might not be going on instagram and you know talking about all these big issues but i'm teaching my kids differently than i was taught and that that's massive is huge so it's not it's not always even about this outward facing thing as much as it is like how are you really folding this into your daily Mm. ordinary busy hectic beautiful life and just these small ways that add up over time and bring us to a place where where we have we don't have no blind spots Mm -hmm. but we might have fewer Fewer. blind spots that's our goal i guess to get to the end with fewer blind spots i i think so i i don't know if we'd make it to the end with none like we're just humans i mean you know like i don't know that anybody in the world gets to you know what i mean like jesus we're gonna say the jesus answer (laughs) just jesus has no blind spots Sunday school answer um but I like that. Like, I want to get to the end with fewer than I started with. Yeah. And maybe give less to my kids than, yeah. than our growing up in the 90s, 80s gave to us. I, I think that's the heart. That's one of the, like, the through lines or the heartbeats of this book is not that there's some magic formula to making all the hard things about being a person in you this world go away. And maybe, maybe the next, <laughs> next book. book. <laughs> but to be able to say, like, you know, did we, did the number of our blind spots diminish mm. or were we able to lean into a hard conversation just a little bit longer yeah. than we were before? Yeah. Or, you know, did we, did we invite discomfort into our lives more than we would have before? Mm. Did we invite somebody into our home? You know, I write a lot about like hospitality and how do we do it and why does it matter? It it can be such a scary, vulnerable thing, but it's not about like, and now you start a supper club, which right. I love uh-huh. supper clubs. Yeah, but that's it really could be intimidating for some people. So it, it's more about like, did I go from never having people over to I just put myself out there and I and I did it one time. Yeah, it's just these little shifts mm-hmm. in our actual life as as chaos swirls around us because yep. that's just the way it's going to mm-hmm. be. 
that put us on a different path that takes us to this place where where we're not always like half hating each other and feeling cynical about everything and feeling kind of you know sad or disconnected or it's just those little things that that take us there that's one of the things i love about you and about this book is it is practical steps of just like i mean it's called start with hello you know it's just practical small things that can make a huge difference in our life and so thanks for living this first of all and thanks for writing this book because going to be encouragement to so many people you're not going to read this book and think oh, i cannot do this i cannot get myself together no you're going to read this book and go i can do this day one yeah here I come. day one and, and it's not a book where you have to be like i have to do all these things differently <laughs> pick a thing yeah you know pick pick one thing and and commit to it and just see if if life starts to feel a little sturdier yeah you know yeah. a little more connected a little safer yeah uh, Shannon, okay, I would love to hear what are you reading these days? Jamie wants to know, Jamie wants to know, we want to know what you're reading. Okay, I, I'm always reading like five books at a time. I love all of your book talk because I am always there with you. I am a huge reader. I read every day. You do read a lot. I read a lot. I read a lot for work, which means I always tell people, don't think I'm superhuman over here. It's a lot of scanning. It's a lot of reading. Yes. Four full chapters in a book and scan. I mean, so I need everyone to know. Yeah, that's fair. Not superwoman over here. But I do like when you give your recommendations. I'm always interested. Um, So a couple that I'm reading right now. So I'm a person who reads like multiple at a time. I'm not that person. But yeah, I love it. I'm reading A Curious Faith by Lori I want to read that. Yes. Um, I am reading... Voices of Lament. I'm super excited about this book. It's a compilation of all women of color yep. writing about the the necessity of grief and lament, which is something that makes many of us very uncomfortable because very. we're just not very good at it. And that's might be a blind spot that we can kind of well, learn that's from. Good, yeah. Um, I am reading What White Parents Should Know About Transracial Adoption by Melissa. Guida Richards. I don't sure. know if I'm saying that right. And then I just finished a novel. I'm trying to really push myself to read. I don't read enough fiction mm-hmm. and I miss it. I think we, in t- when times are tough as they are, we need beauty. Yeah. And and I find a lot of beauty in fiction. So I've got to just keep myself doing it. But I'm trying to read more fiction uh-huh. from people, authors of color. And I just finished one called These Impossible Things by Salma L. Wardani. Okay. So it was it was written from a Middle Eastern perspective. So yeah, those are just a few off the top of my I list, and I've loved them all. They both. I read this summer uh, twenty things. Well, I'll butcher this too. Twenty things adopted kids wish their parents knew. Okay, I read that this summer. It was yep. goes along with that. I have that trans- transracial book in my office. And I want to add that that's one of the that's one of the things that I've been focusing on, especially in the adoption conversation, is reading books written by adoptees. Right. And I think there's a place for adoptive parents, and certainly birth parents. I'd love to see more written by mm-hmm. birth parents, but to to kind of keep the the primary voice, you know the primary voice it's been it's a really good book it's it's powerful okay good i'm into it shannon martin thank you 
you're an encouragement to me all the time. Uh, I feel the same way. And so I'm really happy uh, for people to get this book in their hands. You guys, it's called Start With Hello and Other Simple Ways to Live as Neighbors. And it is very simple and then doesn't take away from the like the beauty and the complexity of this book. But I don't want people to feel overwhelmed because it is not overwhelming. Yeah. You really lay out simple ways. Um, and, and I hope fun ways too. Fun. Like it's, it's, yes. It's got some... It's not and all I, like er, heavy no, stuff. No, it's not. It's really great. And I really do um, think of you when I see the sky and I Yay. see something beautiful. I think of Levi Lesko when I see the moon because he was on. He talked about the moon a lot. Okay. So it's funny how I have hundreds of conversations, but some just stick out forever. And I follow hundreds of people on Instagram. Yep. But I always think of you when I see skies. I love that. You got to tag me in one. I totally one will. One of these days. <laughs> I totally will. And I also like, this is so weird, but do you ever love it on Instagram when you see like the inside of people's houses? Because you're like, I've always wondered like how they live. Yeah. And I love your living room kitchen setup. It feels you know, so cozy. You got to come to Goshen sometime. I mean, it feels so cozy. It, oh, it's cozy. That's what, <laughs> that's what it feels like. So anyhow. Thanks. Shannon, thanks for coming on the happy hour thank you thank you so much for listening to the happy hour with jamie ivy podcast we are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you every encouragement we get to give you and every opportunity we get to point all of us to jesus if you're loving this show we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts also tell your friends that is the number one way that people find out about our show it's because you tell them Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive produced by Jamie Ivy, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, show notes by Ashley Miner, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 